0: Uh, I'm, I'm in a new series starting today uh, titled Chainbreaker. We're talking about ways in which the Spirit sets us free even after we're born again. Now, many years ago, I learned how to drive um, in a Land Rover. Now, if you know what a Land Rover is like, um, it is a tough vehicle to learn how to drive in. It's an old vehicle. Tough Ox Wagon of a vehicle. And, and um, we decided that so I could do the least amount of damage, I would learn to drive out in the bush. And it sounds like a great idea, but I was already stressed. Trying to figure out the gears and the windows and the wipers and the indicators was already stressful. Took a decision to follow a path. And somewhere along the line in following the path, I was distracted and thought it would be very nice to get the view, you know, from the top of the hill. There was no path there. So we took the Land Rover. Well, we. See how it became royal now, us. I took the Land Rover into a space. And, and it looked solid ground. It looked solid. I grew up in KZN. The fields are, the the mountains are green, like in Lesotho, green. I was mistaken. I got stuck. I got stuck somewhere not on a path before there was GPS and cell phones, to be honest. I mean, if I'm completely honest, in my day, we used telegraph. Um, Not the app, Some of you thought it was the app. Smoke signals. And there I was stuck. know, the, the uh, Land Rover had a very powerful engine. The full weight of its capacity was incredible. But the terrain wasn't good, and so I got stuck. And no matter how hard I tried to apply all the tricks I thought I might have seen reverse and forward and reverse and forward, the more I put effort into it, the Depay's. I sank until it became unbelievably difficult and I had to go for help. It was quite embarrassing to do that. I did go for help. Uh, Those of you into cars will probably want to know that it was a Toyota that pulled me out. There's some tension between Toyota drivers and Land Rover drivers, in case you didn't know. I, 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 I once saw on an on a online chat, uh, 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 the owner of a, a Toyota, of a Land Rover commented and said, I want to make my engine more powerful. What should I do? And the a, a Toyota owner replied and said, change the engine, put a Toyota inside. So that's how tense this is. Uh, you, you might be wondering the point of such a long and tedious and unnecessary story, but I'm willing to bet... There are some of you who, due to the road you chose, are stuck. And even though your faith has the full capacity of the engine that God designed it for, you can't get out. You've sunk into something, and the harder you strive, the worse it gets. The more you try, the worse it gets. And now you're at the place where you're going to need a helping hand. Our conversation about Jesus' chain breaker is that sometimes we get stuck to a point that it is not possible for us to manoeuvre ourselves out of it, a little like sinking sand. The harder we try, the worse it gets. That relationship's over, but you keep sliding into the DMs. And every time you do, you make it worse. Can we have an amen for the saints? that the Lord spoke to right there. You're trying to sort out your sense of self, your self-image, but the harder you strive, the more you dress yourself up and the more money you throw at it, the worse you feel, and now you're in debt also. The old story is told, and it's just an old preacher's story. It can't be true, but it makes the point. It can't be, and I'll tell you why in a minute. The old story is told of a man who falls into a cave uh, from a, a ditch on the road. He can't get out. He just sees a network of caves, doesn't know which way to go. Calls out for help. It's just a story. The story is told that the doctor, if you're a doctor, sorry, walks past. Hey, what's up, Betty? I can't get out. doctor writes a prescription, throws it in the pit. What good is that? A preacher comes by. It's just a story. It's just a story. What's up, buddy? I'm going to tell you a story about the word buddy in a minute. When I was on the island of Cyprus last week, embarrassed myself. What's up, buddy? I can't get out. I'll pray a prayer for you. A friend goes by. What's wrong? I'm stuck. I don't know how to get out. Friend jumps in. Why'd you do that? Now we're both stuck. Friend says, no, I've been here before. I know the way out. (laughs) See, you didn't know where this was going. Uh, There there is power in allowing our hearts to be vulnerable before God and in community enough to not be stuck and stay stuck. And being saved uh, isn't... Automatically going to solve your stuckness. And you can't medicate all of it, and you can't preach fix all of it. Sometimes you just have to slowly walk your way out of it. And this is the nature of our conversation over the next three weeks as we navigate what it looks like to let the Holy Spirit set us free. Being set free is specifically a Christian privilege. It's not scriptures about the world. The world must first be saved, but the saints must be set free. And there are all kinds of things that take a lifetime to be set free from in all of our hearts. Right now, operating in you are some things you need to be set free from. Thankfully, God doesn't tell us all of them at once. Before I get into the series of the verses, I'll read one, then we'll take a humorous break and I'll tell you the story about Cyprus, then we'll go straight back, straight back into it because it's, it's a hectic scripture, the one I'm... Uh, uh, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Basically, in plain English... I guess in modern English, rather, I could translate that by saying that there are some people who behave like drunk people in an area in their lives because they're not sober-minded on it. Have you ever watched the behaviour of a drunk person? Unreasonable. Unreasonable. I don't want to know when last you saw it. (laughs) Could have been yesterday. Could have been yesterday. They laugh at things they shouldn't laugh at for too long. They cry when it's a funny moment. They talk and talk, such nonsense. They're very brave on things they ought not. Why are you pointing at people in the service? This is, this is the house of the Lord. Why? So if you, could con- if you could convert that same behavior into things that are strongholds or bondages in your life, you cry when you should laugh, You laugh too long on something. You talk unreasonably about it. You can't stand on your own two feet. And it's embarrassing. In fact, this idea is repeated in other places in Scripture. In Acts chapter 2, people were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they behaved so crazy, people said, maybe they are drunk. So there's this parallel of behavior based on having a twisted sense of perception when we are in bondage. When somebody is bondage, in bondage, they may have too inflated a view of themselves or too deflated a view. They may see other people in one way or in another that's exaggerated or see themselves in an exaggerated or unhealthy way. Second Corinthians, I haven't forgotten the story. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons uh, we fight with are not Facebook. Wait, sorry. (laughs) Oh yeah. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. Stop trying to be set free by writing on every app you can find your status. In the name of Jesus. You are behaving like a not sober minded person. Good. Okay, I got that off my chest. Thank you. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Demolish is a strong word. Demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension, things that are not rooted on truth, and set it itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Just in this passage of Scripture, a couple of examples of things we need to be set free from. Uh, One of the things is strongholds. I want to talk to you today about strongholds. And one of the uh, challenges about a stronghold is an area in which you are stuck, no matter what anybody tells you. I don't know if you've ever met somebody like that. You can tell them you love them, they just never believe you. You can tell them God loves them, they don't want to believe you. You can tell them it'll be okay. But they simply have a resistance to the possibility of a positive outcome. They have a stronghold in their lives. Then this passage of Scripture tells us not only do we have strongholds, but we have pretensions. Some people perhaps are bound to an image of themselves or of circumstance or situations. I remember somebody, Jesus is finding somebody right now in the front. Always oh, in the front, always oh, in the front. Jesus always finds the front row. Um, I remember speaking to somebody who was telling me about his terrible family, his broken, terrible family. And how mistreated he was and how awful it was. And when he left his brother, I was at a school here in town uh, doing a midweek meeting, sat down next to me. said, let me guess, my, my brother just told you we grew up in a terrible family. I said, yes, so sorry to hear that. He said, it never happened. <laughs> we had a wonderful family. Incredible mother and father. He was the favorite. He was spoiled. He just can't see it. See, that's a stronghold. And that stronghold, that uh, pretension needs to be dissolved. And then it says we have to take thoughts captive. Now, some of you already know, I I have uh, two dogs. Uh, They are pit bulls. I'm sorry about that. Really, I'm sorry. None of you are going to come visit me, I know. Was it a plan? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, joking. I'm, joking. I'm joking. Take that back. Take that back. People ask me often, why don't you walk your dogs? Okay. The answer to that is I have tried. And I have dislocated my shoulder trying. We'll come fairly close. Let me tell you why. Uh, this scripture, I cannot fulfill the scripture of taking them captive. When I put them on the leash and we go out into certain environments... I am just the sack of millies that they are dragging through life. And I pretend so much, sit, 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 as if ever in their lives they sat. (laughs) But out in public, I'm pretending that I have the authority over these creatures. I've got no authority. I didn't have it in my house. I don't have it outside of my house. I can say sit all I like. They look at me as if to say, what strange language is this human using today? As humorous as that may be, there may be some wolves. Because the Bible says that sometimes the little foxes and the wolves come and they eat the grapevine. Or sometimes that there are some who are wolves in sheep's clothing. That you've got some wolves in your life that you can't rein in. They're recurring thoughts that render you paralyzed. These are things we must be set free from. So, tonight I'm going to give you three symptoms to look out for and then three actions you can take uh, to be set free from them. And we'll pray a prayer at the end of the service just to warn you that Jesus will set you free from being stuck. Do you know sometimes I feel I'd rather something just happen and I pick myself up from there and go forward than to live in fear that it will happen. Have you ever woken up every day with a sinking feeling in your stomach? You don't know what it is. Okay, if you're a student, you do know at the moment what it is. You do. It's 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 coming up tomorrow. But to have this constant anxiety about a fear of a possible negative consequence is unhealthy and it should not be something Christians should be concerned about. Hebrews chapter 12 says, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up, cause trouble, and by this many become defiled, lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterwards, when he wanted to inherit a blessing, he was rejected. He found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. That passage of Scripture is about a man who was so desperate for his immediate needs that he was willing to sell his future blessings at a discount. And you never want to do that, right? Those are parts of the actions of somebody who is in bondage. And the advantage of being a follower of Jesus Christ is that you should be free to celebrate even in trials. How amazing is that? That our salvation should be so joyful that even when we go through a trial, our feelings should be God will make a way. Our feeling should be, it'll be all right. It isn't working as I imagined, but even my best imagination is not as good as God's intention. He has plans for me, thoughts after me. They are good thoughts, thoughts to prosper me and not to harm me, thoughts to give me a future and a hope God will make a way. Even when you go through a trial, how sad must it be to be in a good place in life and wake up every day thinking, I wonder if it'll, it'll all be taken away. Nobody wants to be in that kind of environment, have those kinds of unnecessary anxieties or constantly feel like you're stuck and that there's no step forward for you. God has a plan for that. Sometimes we misunderstand that scripture that we fall short of the grace of God. To fall short of the grace of God doesn't mean I do something and God says, that's too far. I don't have any more grace for you. That's not what it means. Oh, hello, Tim. It was quite an entrance that, hello. Are you well? Good, good. Nice to have you guys. Um, it's not to say that we've pushed God too far. We fall short of the grace of God when we think God can't reach us in our cave. It's when we think it is God whose reach is short to touch our lives. So I wouldn't like for you to go through life saved but stuck, or saved but sad, or saved but shattered on the inside for some reason. You should go through life saved and celebrating irrespective of what's happening. Now, you might say, well, you don't know my situation. I don't because firstly, I'm not in your shoes, but secondly, I've got my own situation going on. Thanks. Every person, see the Bible says that no person is tempted except what is common among men. That God will with every temptation make a way of escape. There is a commonality to our shared struggle to live a truly free life life. I'll pause for a humorous moment and then I'll go on to those three symptoms and then three steps to surgery. So I was on the island of Cyprus. I went there to get a tan for Heritage Day and (laughs) now it was to do a tour we're planning and actually physically do it. By the way for Heritage Day and I probably don't need to say this because we're all saints uh, but please dress for church. We are born, eh? The understanding, eh? Okay. I shouldn't have to, I mean, I shouldn't have to say, but I just, like, when you say heritage, how far back in my heritage do you want me to go, eh? Because I'm Greek, I can very much come in a white sheet here, dressed with a, like, how, to the Gregorian era. So I'm just saying, like, your Sunday best, not your unsaved best. Although I have seen with some saints, yeah, fine. None. So there I am on the island and I'm, I'm, there, we're visiting, I'm visiting there with Ryan and his wife and their kids. Having a great time walking along the beachfront late one evening. And there's a guy walking with his wife dressed in a yellow dress. Just as Ryan's wife was dressed in a yellow dress. He's got two kids just as Ryan. I walk up next to him. I tell him my whole story. He says to me, sounds great, mate. Some English guy. I imagine him telling his friends, this old Greek guy came up to us and he just started mumbling a whole story about reaching Africa for Jesus' religious nut. I tell Ryan the story, he can't stop laughing. He's laughing and laughing. That couple comes walking the other way back towards us. I'm so embarrassed. He goes and meets them. Okay. So now the new thing will be, that's great, mate, when you're acting a little loopy. Three things these scriptures tell us to be aware of. A paralysis of possibility is a stronghold. If you are frozen into believing there is no solution, that's a stronghold. Do you know, If I, I find that a very difficult area. The devil really comes after us here. When you say to someone, when they tell you this story, and you say to someone, "Well, let's pray about it," they say, "I already prayed." When you say to someone, "Let's go see someone," they go, "I've seen everybody." When you say to someone, Why don't you write this Bible verse and we put it on the wall. I've made my whole wall a Bible verse. Every effort, there's nothing. You're in a stronghold. Because what you should say is, you're right, one more prayer might be the one prayer. You're right, one more verse may be the verse I need. You're right, talking to somebody until God gives a prophetic insight is what I need. The person who feels there is just around the corner a solution from God lives free. The person who feels, I've tried everything, it all ends the same, woe is me, this is my life, is in bondage. And Christ has come to set us free. For he who the sun sets free, is free indeed. A paralysis of poss- of possibilities is is an indication of a stronghold. A desperation of decisions. See, there's this guy in the Bible. He he, he, he sold his birthright. Uh, his he basically said to his brother, I'm so hungry, please can I have a meal? And his brother said, what will you give me in exchange? And you know what the guy said? He said, I'm so hungry. In fact, the King James says, I could faint. That, that's probably not true. I mean, I think you ate breakfast. You're only at lunch now. It's desperation, right? He said, I'll tell you what, I will sell you all my future inheritance if you can give me a meal now. Desperate decision now at the expense of a future intention from God. That is a stronghold in your life. And we need to ask the Lord to break us uh, free from the desperation of decisions. Some of you are in relationships just because you're desperate. Now don't amen. You can't amen there. (laughs) Because he's sitting next to you. And please don't get in the car and say, you know, Pastor George is right. I'm only in this relationship with... And if she does say that to you, so you need to say it to her, that's great, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Desperation of decision is not how God leads the children of God. It's step by step, line by line, he leads us into victory. Thirdly, short-sighted vision is an indication that we have a stronghold in our lives. When you just can't see it, you can't see the danger. Your whole family knew before you knew. Have you been in a situation like that, and you've said to your friends, "Why don't you tell me?" And they said, "We've been telling you. We've been telling you. But you can't see it. I know they say love is blind. Uh, I would I would venture to suggest as married people will bear me out it is lust that's normally blind it's love that sees the hand of god in the story of the connection <laughs> short-sightedness is a tremendous stronghold because it gives momentary gratification at the expense of future blessing. So how then does the Scripture encourage us to be set free? Three things from the verses we've already read. The Bible says that we should not fall short of the grace of God. My first piece of advice to you from Scripture on how to be set free is to upsize God in your heart. Every person who has a stronghold in their lives has slowly eroded the power of God and diminished him to just a friend and not a king. Jesus is my friend, but not like any other friend I have. Jesus is a friend who is also a king. I know how to work with both. Upsize God in your heart. Downsize the challenge in your heart. Secondly, uproot things. The Bible says that no root of bitterness should spring up and defile many. Uproot things before they get a chance to go too far. I, um, many years ago, I, was a, I had a home that had a swimming pool in it, in the yard, as you think it was like inside, next to the tennis courts. Um, That's the wrong kinds of preacher. And um, it had started losing water over time. And I, I got an expert in and I said to him, something wrong. He said, yeah, something's cracked it open. It's not doing well. It's got a leak. And he did all kinds of checks. And he said, oh, there's this tree root popping up. Pushing it from underneath. I said, impossible. I've got no trees nearby. Do you know? It was like a tree two houses down. But it has the habit of going just below the surface and in search of water. It's an invasive. It goes in search of water and it'll try its best to get at it. Do you know? Some things go just below the surface so you look good on there, you're smiling. But it's, it's just below the surface. It's going for the living water. And it'll uproot things in your life if you don't uproot it from your life. You've got to uproot bitterness, discontentment, anger, and disappointment. You've got to uproot it. And you do it through my third piece of advice. You upend things. Let me tell you what I mean by upend. When the enemy comes in in one way, Deliberately do the opposite. When the devil says prayer doesn't work, pray twice that day. Once because you were going to, and the other time to tell tell your devils you intend to. When somebody shows hate, come at it with love. When you don't feel like stepping out, take a deep breath and take a step of faith until You rein in whatever is trying to lead you and you let Christ set you free. And perhaps the most powerful thing of all is to let the Holy Spirit be your strength. For I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It implies that I am doing something. I just need a little help. I'll close with a little Jim story. On help. I have enjoyed going back to gym. I'm on a mission to have a December body by February. Thanks for laughing. Thanks for laughing. I will remember that. I'm taking a few of you off my prayer list now, even as we speak. You'll see who I'm deleting. Um, but the other day I was, I was at gym and there were you know Gym types. It's a type, the type I'd like to maybe be by December. (laughs) And they were helping each other bench press. It always plays out as an incredibly humorous thing because I've done this myself. One guy says to his friend, I'm going to do my best one. It's going to be a personal best. They put weights on heavier and bigger than me. And the friend stands fine and he says, let's go for eight, let's go for eight. Eight. Yes, I've got eight. He gets the first one down, but the, the, the raising up it's harder than the pulling down. I'm busy preaching now, because pulling down is easier than raising up. So his friend comes along, two fingers. Just two fingers. And they use that gym phrase, "It's all you, bro." <laughs> come on, gymmers. Cam knows it. Was it you? It's all you, bro. The back is arching, and the weights are wobbling, and the hands are shaking. One. Let's go for six. Six. I got six. That second one goes down, but now the helpers come to realise. Two fingers ain't going to do it. Later on, there's four fingers, a hand, and the helper's spotter has a spotter. My favourite is when it's all finally over. They did their five. <laughs> they did their five. The guy gets up, almost ready to faint. His spotter high-fives him. That was all you, bro. You got it, Bro. Here, God, it's all you, bro. But in a most remarkable way, the Holy Spirit expects us to at least be at the workbench. Put some weight on, shoulder some things, carry some things. And when you say to the Lord, Lord, I got another month in me he'll stand by your side and he'll use as many fingers as you need to help you lift. And when you get to that next month, he'll high five you and say, it's all you. And he'll be the great helper. For the Bible tells us we are not left orphans. For he will send another the helper. Uh, I'm, I'm over time. You, you already know the Greek word for helper, right? I'm, I'm sure by now it's like become common. It's parakletos. Parakletos. So now you can tell people you know a little Greek. George. Oh, please don't use that joke. It's so bad. It's like the dad joke. Like, I oh, know a little Greek. Oh, I call George, preachers preaches in a church. Please don't do it. Please don't. I'm sorry. I'm taking that back. Parakletos, uh, para, uh, the same as the word for parallel. It's the, to a long side. is to supply what you lack. I parallel you so that when you are missing something, I'll give it to you. So while you're walking and you're lost, he'll give you a compass. While you're walking and you can't see, he'll illuminate. While you're walking and an enemy is approaching, he'll show you. But you still have to walk. You still have to be at the bench. You still have to work out all your own salvation with fear and trembling. But you've got to help paracletus We just you stand with me as we pray tonight? Upsize, uproot, and upend. Upsize God, downsize the problem. Uproot things that are taking hold of your heart and And birthing bitterness in you. And upend something by going in an opposite spirit. Contradict the devil and prove him wrong. I want to take a moment to pray. And the goal of this prayer is to firstly invite Jesus into your heart. If you haven't done that, I want to use every opportunity I can to put this prayer up on the screen and encourage you to pray it. It's you receiving Jesus. And it's really just a prayer coming out of a verse in the message translation from John. And our team will put it up onto the screen. And you guys can take a moment to pray it and I'll pray it with you in a minute. And then at the end, I'm gonna pray that the Holy Spirit will give you supernatural strength to get you unstuck. I know it's not a great word, but you gotta get unstuck. Nobody wants to be around you forever listening to the same stuck stories about the same stuck situations. You gotta Keep it moving in life. Can you say amen? You've got to keep it moving. There it is. Dear Jesus, you said in the Bible that whoever hears your words and believe God sent you to set me free from my debt of sin has eternal life and will not be judged but is crossed over from death to life. I confess that I believe you. I receive salvation from my sins and new life in my soul. I now cross over from death to life. Amen. You prayed that prayer. I hope you'll come forward and tell one of us. And here is our action in our church. If you don't have a Bible, come tell someone in front. We'll give you a Bible. We invite you to sign up for a free alpha experience where you find the foundations or fundamentals of your faith and find a way into a small group and learn to journey uh, with Christ. And then finally, would you close your eyes for a moment? I'm going to invite our ministry team who are available to make their way to stand in front. Just a group of people who are trained and approved to be able to pray for people. And I'm going to do a prayer over you, but I really want to encourage you that if you're in a space where you're stuck and our corporate or collective prayer in a minute isn't enough to unstick you, I want to invite you to come for prayer afterwards. And while others go to We ask One for great coffee and free popcorn or uh, others go to the communion table uh, and fill in the prayer request or have communion, you stay and you let us pray for you and your friends will hang out for you. And don't forget, there's a starting point and if you're a guest visiting us over the last few weeks or the first time, you, you pop out to the lounge at Entrance 3 and we'll give you some info, have a chat with you, ask you any questions and give you a cup of coffee. But first, let's pray. Holy Spirit, our parakletos, our alongside helper. Thank you. But where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Lord, we are continually being set free today. Would you get us unstuck from our mindsets, our attitudes, our hurts, our vulnerabilities, our insecurities? Would you get us unstuck in the name of Jesus? Would you help us see into Your plans for us, not being nearsighted, not being paralyzed and uncertain about steps to make and never making decisions out of desperation. Holy Spirit, will you please loose from us the chains of strongholds and bondages in the name of Jesus. Will you lift the cloud of darkness and heaviness and bring joy and freedom that we would be able to rejoice in every circumstance knowing our God will work it out. Our God is working now. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, would you give God a shout of praise and worship?